Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So just, just think about this now. I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures. Think about this. We're not sure what's going to happen in the world. But we're 100% sure what happens if we operate in God's kingdom laws. Here's the way I got it. You ready? The economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. I don't know what's going to happen in the world, good or bad. But I know this for sure. The economy of sowing and reaping never crashes. You guys hearing this? And and you need to understand, it's not sowing and waiting. Most people sow and they wait for something spectacular to happen. No, there's actually more effort involved in reaping than sowing. Did you know one of the reasons we have natural jobs and we work and earn? See, working and earning isn't sowing and reaping. Working and earning has a lot to do with now being able to operate in the laws of sowing and reaping because you have seed. The Bible says, he that, he that stole, let him steal no more, that he may work with his hands, that he may have to give. So really, we're working not for a living. We're working for a giving because the law of sowing and reaping never... Cra- and here's the most interesting thing about it. Anybody can be wealthy because anybody can sow and reap. This does not have to do with your neighbors or your boss who didn't treat you right. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Are you hearing me here? Now, God's not mocked means this works. Are you following me? And so, let me, can I just show you a couple of scriptures? Do you want to stand up for like 10 seconds? You want to stand up for 10 seconds? Just turn around to the person next to you and say hi. And it's going to get even better. Just say everything's going to be cool. I've got some really good news to share with you guys here in just a minute. So adjust what you need to adjust. And <laughs> Jesse says, go ahead and be seated if you're done. And we'll, I'm going to share some things with you in the next few minutes that I think will really excite you. So if you would, just quickly turn to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is New Testament scripture. This is Paul the Apostle talking to the church worldwide. Now he's addressing the church at Corinth. But there are believers there. There's believers here. So he could be addressing the church at Grand Junction as well. So 2 Corinthians 9. Look at verse 1. And if you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, said this, as touching the ministering to the saints or serving God's people, it's superfluous for me to write into you. How many of you use the word superfluous today? (laughs) Isn't that a great word? Man, it was a superfluous day. (laughs) What? He's basically saying, guys, I really don't need to talk to you about this because you've already learned some of this in your spiritual upbringing and and, and the things you've been hearing in church. But hey, I'm going to talk about it. He said, concerning ministering to God's people... It's not really necessary that I tell you this because you should already know this. So the whole context of what you're going to read here is ministering to the church, ministering to God's people. And it's not confined to the four walls or denomination. The church is bigger than the building, but we're part of the church. And now look at verse 6. 
Paul's talking about ministering to God's people. And in verse 6, he says, For this I say. Now, who's speaking? Who's really doing the talking here? It's not a trick question. His name starts with a G. God. <laughs> okay. God's talking here through Paul in his Holy Scripture. He says, This I say, He which sows sparingly shall reap also sparing this. So just stop before you read the rest. That's like saying I have a teaspoon of seeds. I'm going to plant a teaspoon of seeds in the ground. What are you going to reap? A harvest conducive with a teaspoon of planting. What if you have a dump truck? You'll reap a harvest conducive to a dump truck load of seed in the ground. All right, now notice, he that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And I don't know why we thought reaping was automatic. After you sow, you maintain an attitude of faith. You talk like it's working. You talk like God didn't lie. I don't care how many clouds come over us. The Bible says if we observe the wind, we won't sow. If we regard the clouds, we won't reap. You don't look, you don't wait for perfect conditions to do this. Matter of fact, one of the best times to do this is when there's not perfect conditions because you have something to say about your conditions. Yes. We're not thermometers, we're thermostats. If we don't like it, we set it different. All right, now keep looking. Read here. He that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. What's he talking about? What is God the Father pointing to? That he wants us to understand. Sowing and reaping. Amen. You ready for a little farmer's teaching here? Amen. Sowing it. And I believe if we just take this a little more serious, you wouldn't need a bunch of miracles. Amen. In the financial realm. Right. People that think they need miracles really just need to be a little bit more studious in a part of the farmer life. Amen. Now they mentioned some things. Kurt, Elizabeth, Daniel, they all mentioned some things about giving. Here's the thing you need to realize. We're not talking about acts of giving while we're doing our own. We're talking about being a giver. Now, what is the sowing and reaping he's talking about? He that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. What's the next verse say? Every man, oh, hold on, hold on. I guess when you grow up to the manhood stage, you understand these things more. Now, I think kids should be involved in this. We should be teaching our kids about tithing and giving. It should be a part of their normal life. They should not, it should be totally ridiculous for them to think we never tithe, we never give. All right, now notice, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So it's not an important just what we give, it's important how we give. God's huge on heart issues. Listen closely. Good seed going in the good ground with proper conditions must produce a harvest. Amen. Listen closely. Good seed is how you give. If you want it to be good seed, it needs to come out of you with joy and faith. Now, now, let me pause, pause. We're not going to ask anybody to give anything today. We're sharing vision. If you want to, great. If you don't want to, no problemo. Okay, you need to understand, we're not making a, a necessarily a poll for an offering. We're showing you something that's available to us. I, I look at it kind of like this. We're the bunch of people that get to see God's paid off on our watch. God's house paid off on our watch. That's exciting to me. We decided, we just decided, it's time. 
We're not going to just wait for a miracle. We're going to do this thing on purpose. With the help of God, with the laws of God. We're open to miracles. Are you kidding me? I'm open to miracles all the time. But we don't have to wait for a miracle to operate in the laws of God and see some things on purpose. We are a great people. We have great power, the Bible says. We need to see ourselves that way. So notice, he that sows sparingly, reap also sparingly. Then it says, every man according as his purpose is in his heart, so let him give. So what's he talking about? Previous verse. He's saying sowing is giving. He's saying this works in the financial realm. Are you following me, church? Now, I, I, did, I did a little, a little you know, study on, on tomato seeds. It takes about two tomato seeds to reap a plant that has about twenty to 40,000 seeds in it. And that's not if you're, if you're not a real good caretaker. It could go higher than that. It's like a 50-pound plant. You could take two tomato seeds, and that two tomato seeds... I remember the other day I was, we were eating a pomegranate seed, and I think I asked our grandkids, I said, Hey, I said, Teja or, or Xander, you guys see that seed right there? There's a tree in there. If, you, if I deal with this thing properly, I could have not just a pomegranate, I could have pomegranates. Zah. Pomegranate Zah. <laughs> right? This is, a, this is something God established as long as the earth remains. Summer and winter, cold and heat, day and night, and sowing and reaping shall not cease. It's, it's here till the earth. Last I checked, the earth's still here. This ball under our feet, it's we're, we're still here. Sowing and reaping still works. But we thought it just worked with seeds and dirt. No, 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 no. Galatians says, be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. This works in the area of kindness. This works in the area of hatred. This works in the area of corn. Whatsoever a man sows, I'm telling you right now how to get out of your problems. You can sow for anything you want. And if you'll not faint, if you'll believe God's word's true, kind of maintain that smile, you know, whether you feel like it or not, right? Cloudy or not cloudy, declare Jesus didn't lie. It's being given unto me, whatever I sow that. How many of you are thankful you don't have to reap the bad ones, the bad seeds you sowed? If you believe in Jesus, he reaped it for you, and you don't have to reap what you deserve. Oh, that's good news. But if you want good things coming in your life, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You say, Pastor, don't you hesitate to preach on this? Don't you think people are going to think you're talking about money? I'd be hesitant not to preach on this. You know what? It's so interesting to me that Jesus was watching everybody put money in the offering one day. He was standing right by the bucket. And it says he was watching the rich cast in of their abundance. He was watching all the people. He's that, hmm, okay, Joe gave that, okay. He saw exactly what they were giving. He wasn't nervous about it. He was watching people cast into the treasury. Hmm, okay, so-and-so gave that. Pharisee so-and-so, well, that's a big chunk, but that dude's rich too, man. So he's casting in of his abundance. And then a widow, woman, comes up to the same bucket. He's watching. And this widow pulls out all her living, two mites, throws it into the offering, or sows it, I should sows it into the offering. And Jesus did not go, honey, church don't need this money. You take that money back. Do you know why he didn't do that? He believed his own teachings. 
Give and it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men will give into your life. He believed his own teaching. He saw, and he said, come here, guys. He said, disciples, get over here right now. And they came running. He said, look, look, all the rich cast in of their abundance. This woman cast in of her need. All her living. And Jesus said, and it's recorded in the eternal scripture forever. This woman, in God's eyes, gave more than anybody in this offering today. And I got to thinking one day, anybody can be the biggest giver in any offering because it's not about amount. It's about heart and it's about percent. Do you know why he didn't take those two mites out there and give them back to her? Because that was seed in good soil and Jesus believed his own teaching. <laughs> That's amazing. You know where it says don't give out of necessity? He's not talking about don't give out of your need. He's talking about not letting somebody tell you, you need to do this. Come on now, you need to do this. And that's what we're going to say. There's many times you give out of your necessity. I remember the widow woman in the Old Testament. The prophet comes by. It's a famine in the land. They're about ready to eat their kids. People are eating their babies. It's terrible. It's awful. It's famine everywhere. And she said, I got enough meal to make one more cake so me and my son can eat it and then we're going to die. And the prophet comes by one day and says, hey, lady, what you doing? She says, I'm gathering some sticks so I can make a fire, cook my last loaf of bread, me and my son going to eat it, and we're going to die with some bread in our stomach. And the prophet said, oh, how about you make me a cake first? <laughs> could you see the evening news? I mean, could you see the news? Preacher forces widow woman. And he wasn't forced. He was asking. Takes her loaf of bread. She and her son dies. Listen closely. We look at it. Men look at it. That's why I said look at, your, look at from your mind perspective or your heart perspective. Here's what you see if you look from your heart. God wasn't asking her to give the man of God a cake. God was giving her an opportunity to put him first so God could supernaturally help her out. And you know what happened? A miracle occurred. She used the meal and there was more. She used the meal and there was more. She baked three more loaves and there was more. She baked five more loaves. There was more. She made ten more cakes and there was more. A miracle happened where the meal didn't stop. It kept appearing. It kept supernaturally appearing. Do you realize one of the things a lot of people need in times of famine is an opportunity to put God first? So read the rest of this. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudging the Lord necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Is God interested in talk like we're talking about today? He loves cheerful givers. He loves them. And, and, and I thought this was interesting because the next verse tells us, now listen closely, what God is able to do, not for givers, cheerful givers. How many want to see what God's able to do? In other words, God's able to do things for some people more than others because of certain things those people do or don't do. God's able, didn't say it automatically happens, but he's able to do something. What does he say? Next verse. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. 
that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. The whole purpose of this whole thing to prosper is so we're able to help people more. Not so life can be more comfortable. It will be, maybe. Not so we can have a bigger this. It will, we may have that. The whole thing is based on we get to help more people. If God can't get it to you, he can't get it through you. And he needs to get it to you because he helps people through other people. Are you following me, church? He, we are vessels to be poured into and to pour out on. The Bible calls us vessels. So one more scripture, and I'm going to share some facts and figures with you. One more scripture in 1 Chronicles 29. I'm actually jazzed. I'm not sure what that word means. I get, it just kind of means excited. Listen, I'm jazzed that we have an opportunity to have to believe what we've been hearing in church. I'm jazzed that we right now in our country, in our world, we have, we have an opportunity to have to believe some things. Kind of like this. What if you had to be healed? Well, then you would, child of God. What if you had to come up in prosperity? Well, then you would. We live at the level we're willing to put up with. Is it all right? Am I doing all, is this, this y'all hearing me here? Sometimes it's okay to be frustrated. Sometimes it's okay to be fed up. Maybe that'll activate the faith that's been in you all along and start taking some things instead of waiting all your life. By faith, reaching out and, and taking what the Lord's provided for you. Did I tell you that this is Celebration Sunday? <laughs> um, so, let me show you the scripture in 1 Chronicles 29. Are you there? Say praise the Lord if you're there. First Chronicles 29, look at verse 1. All right, they were in a meeting just like we're in a meeting today. It said, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon, my son, whom God alone has chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work, everybody say work. Now, can we stop right there? Work's fun if you love who you're working for. <laughs> can I get a witness? Now, I said to you earlier that this, this is not... Um, when we look at a building, when we see real estate, when we see things like this, it's just a building like any other building unless somebody who's using it is doing something beyond the natural. I wouldn't be here, and I, I mentioned this too already, I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe the Lord was in this church. We, we're not going to waste 30 years of our life. This is not just our job or some career. That, that, that doesn't satisfy but I wanted you to notice it. It said there's a work that they're endeavoring to do. You following me? The work is great for the palace that they were going to build is not for man, but for the Lord God. You listening? The palace is not for man. Palace? What should the Lord's buildings look like? You could look at the pattern of heaven that Moses found for the tabernacle and get some idea. You can look at the building here. Now, I just, I just want to read a little bit more of this because it's, it's pretty strong, it's powerful, but it includes this, this thing that we talked about in our BMW meetings. This is the theme we got. 
everybody on board. Everybody. Kids. What are you talking about, Pastor? Investment time. Are you following me? History-making time. Notice this. In verse 2, David said, Now I have prepared... I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. The gold for the things of gold, silver for silver. He goes on, talks about glistening stones, precious stones. And then in verse 3, he says, moreover. So in other words, it's like he was saying, out of my, my warrior treasury or my king treasury or my business. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. Now stop right there. It reminds me of a scripture where Jesus was quoted by the disciples. Remember when Jesus walked in the temple, overturned the money changers and all that, and said, listen, you're selling and buying stuff in the church. You're doing all this merchandising. My house should be called a house of prayer. Well, it said the disciples remember. Now wait a second. That, that, that scripture in Psalm 69, and this is what it says in the New Living. It says, Jesus said, my love for your house burns in me like a fire. Not because of the brick and mortar and gold and silver, but because of the business done in that building. Eternal, life-saving, our generation, altar calls, people getting filled with the Spirit, people hearing words that cause people not to want to abuse their spouse anymore, people hearing things that deliver them from lust and addictions, get healed of cancer and problems. It's not the building, it's what's done. It's whose building it is and what's done in it that makes it whether it has eternal significance involved or not. I mean, this is David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the mansions of the wicked. Well, no kidding, he knows the eternal significance connected to that. Now, look at this, guys. It says, of my own proper good. He said, I've set my affection on the house of my God. To give gold and silver, which I have given to all the house of my God, over and above all that I prepared for the holy place. In other words, I'm giving an offering out of my business, and I'm giving an offering out of my personal funds. Now, this is what he says. Even 3,000 talents of gold. Stop. One talent's about 70 pounds. Price of gold today, about $1,200 to $1,500 an ounce. We're talking average size swimming pools full of gold, silver, and precious stones that they got Fighting battles, the Lord led them to fight in the spoils that they reaped. Multiplied. Now, now, guys, David himself gave multiplied billions in one offering. And I was reading, I was coming to church today, praying in the Spirit, thinking about these things, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, tell this to the people. He said, he said, the heart of that you're seeing in this chapter, in the people, the heart that you're seeing, is the heart that got them to this chapter. Love for the things of God. God first. I said this a couple weeks ago. I said, hey, you know, a lot of people's problems, a lot of Christians' problems, a lot of, a lot of people's problems, they got problems all their life, problems in their mind, problems in their marriage, problems in all this, all these problems because God's a part of their life. Remember I said that? People thought, you, you didn't say that right. I said it exactly right. A lot of people have problems because God is a part of their life. If you want the good life, 
Do not let God be a part of your life. He needs to be your life. If there's time for soccer, that can be a part of your life. If there's time for TV, that can be a part of your life. If you want life to be wonderful, God can't be a part of your life. He needs to be your life. And if you have room for other things, maybe you'll fit it in. But God is the core. He's the center. He's not a part of your life. He is your life. And David, it says he gave 700 talents of silver. We're talking 70-pound chunks. A talent is like 70 pounds. And it wasn't just any gold. It's the gold of Ophir. <laughs> okay, now, man, we're not talking. We're talking about clean, pure crystal gold. I mean, he gives, he gives multiplied billions. Then all the leaders get excited. The captains of thousands and captains of hundreds go, man, I want to get in on this. And it said they gave, and they gave willingly, and they rejoiced greatly, and they had a party, and the offering took a whole day. And after they gave all these billions and multiplied billions upon billions upon billions upon billions in one offering, they started saying, we got to give more. So they started sacrificing a thousand cows and then a thousand lambs. And, a thousand, and they were feasting and they were partying and they were praising God because they got to give. Yeah. Woo! And the heart that you see here is the reason they got here. They, these guys, a lot of them used to live in a cave. From a cave to palaces to billions to being able to support the work of God and be a blessing and relieve burdens. You see, Jacob, man, he has this dream of God, meets God, and the first thing that comes out of him, I think a million and one things, first thing that comes out of him, he meets God and goes, wow, I'm going to tithe. And that man went from laying his head on a rock with a stick in his hand after he decided to tithe to a couple chapters later, he's got two bands, armies. I wonder if there's any connection. You know there's a connection. He commits to tithe, and now he's two armies a few chapters later. Now, just read this here. Look at verse 6. Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and captains of hundreds and the rulers of the kings were offered what? Everybody say that word. That's so important. Say it again. Say it one more time. Willingly. Willingly and gave for the service of the house of the gold uh, of God gold five thousand talents of gold. Talks about all the precious stones. Then verse nine. What did it say? Verse nine. Then the people regretted it, mourned, and said, "Oh my gosh, what are we?" No. What did it say? It said the people what? what? What's going on here? Something supernatural. The people what? They rejoiced. For they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. How did I get down here? Was I translated? So, I said all that to say this. Great offerings are scriptural. Now, I could think of maybe two to three times, listen closely, in the last 34 years, we've had a great offering. So no, this is not something we're going to preach every week. No, this is not something we're going to do every year. 34 years, we've had three, this may be our third one today. We felt like this should be great offering Sunday. <laughs> and here's a really interesting thing. 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, we didn't read all the way down to verse 10. 2 Corinthians 9, it says this, and I say this so everybody can feel the joy of this. God said, the Bible says, God ministers seed to the sower and bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. And then Paul goes on to say about all this giving that's happening in Corinth and all these things that are happening in the Spirit. He says, you know what? It's amazing that the needs of God's people are taken care of. But he says, you know what's even more amazing? People are going to have tears coming down their cheeks going, praise God for the gifts that have been given to help the work of God. One of the greatest things is to, to see people go, praise God. The need being met is wonderful, but to actually be a part of somebody else going, thank you, Jesus. That's amazing. Many thanksgivings to God. And I believe it's time. I, we, we had our meeting with the, with the businessmen men and women. It's time. I sense it in my spirit. It's time. My faith has come way up for this building to be pay, paid off very quickly. I already told you the balance of the building is 1,255,000. It started about 2,380,000. So we've come a ways. I'll show you next week all the orange that's going to appear up here on the screen, which is really exciting. And, um, but we want to tell you a couple things today. So um, I'm going to let you know where we're at today. Can I get a witness? We have given, as a church, last year in, in 2020, I believe our, our offerings to other ministries was 87900 I think. Something like that. So the church here, as a whole, because the church has a tithe account, we don't preach people do something that we don't do. We're not really telling anybody to do anything, but we're just doing what we preach. So the church has a tithe account. The church has an offering account beyond tithe account, 10%. Our, our personal lives, just, and I don't mind sharing this with the people, we have a tithe account, and we have an offering account at home. The tithe goes to the, the, the church because of the general operations of the church and visitations and everything that you need for staff and all that. We just continue. If we have extra, and we do because we have an offering account. We always are open to projects that the Lord may want us to give to or we just desire to give to, right? Every man as he purposes in his heart, give willingly. Whether you hear from God or you do it because you want to, both are great reasons, especially the hearing from God. And so the church has that. And so we've been able to give out from our church with tithes and offerings, 87,000 and about 900. Might, might even be more than that. Might have been 89,7. But it was around 87. To 89 last year, just last year. So any of your giving in the church went in that offering as well to other ministries. Keith Moore, Mark Hankins, uh, Feed the Hungry, um, other uh, missionaries in Romania and, and southern Mexico. All right. Uh, so we did, and then this year, we were all stirred up. We had our business men and women meeting. We were all stirred up about paying the church off. And then I thought, January, first Sunday in January, let's talk about the building payoff. Let's get excited. And the Lord said, no, no. Think about somebody else on the first Sunday in January 2021, and he brought up the Todds to us, Jerry and Linda Todds, southern Mexico, way down there. And we thought, let's just receive an offering over and above our regular giving today for them. And they got the check, and they are very, very thankful for the $10,000 
we were able to give them just a couple weeks ago. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah, they got the gift and they also praised God. Don't you love being a part of people praising God? Yes. Oh, man. They're, they live there. Their daughter, their son-in-law, they live in Mexico. And they're doing a great work. And we were able to bless him. Felt like the Lord said, just get your mind off to yourselves. Get your mind off Faith Heights Church. Help somebody on the mission field. So we took up an offering. The church had about 5000 Everybody else gave about 5000 We sent them $10,000. They just got it a couple days ago. And they're very, very thankful. And they may even be watching right now. We love you guys. If you are watching Micah or uh, Jerry or Linda, we love you. And we'll continue to support as the Lord leads us. Um, so I wanted to say that. And so... Um, also, um, recently, very recently, someone has offered to and already helped with, they're going to make the building payment for one year. Church doesn't have to tap into any of its funds for the monthly payments for one whole year on the building. That's, that's, that's 11000 approximately 11400 a month. And it'll go through October of this year because they started a few months ago. So the church doesn't have to be concerned about payment and payoff. All our faith is on payoff right now. All our faith is on payoff right now. So somebody's taking care of that. 11400 approximately dollars every month taking care of. Church doesn't have to think about that. So all we're focused on now is payoff. Payoff, payoff. Just yeah. All right. Um, as of this morning, we were believing God for a chunk to come in because we've had these meetings with the business, businessmen and women. And uh, so as of this morning, a chunk that we haven't even seen yet on the screen that will be reflected uh, next week, we make a building payment about three weeks, uh, three, three days, I'm sorry, the 19th. We make a building payment. And so with just uh, the excitement and the stirring up of, the, of some of the businessmen in the church, we have, in addition to our $11,000 month pay, we have 115000 to go to our principal next week. Glory to God. And then, you know, Carla and I, we've given in the past, we give a $100,000 chunk a while back to our church, our building payoff. We've given throughout the, the, the years, but we're going to give another 5000 So that's 120000 that you're going to be able to send off to the bank in three days or two days. And so we thought it would be a good idea to let anybody else who wants to be involved with this kickoff chunk offering you can have an opportunity to do that. That's why we waited for the offering to the end of the service. We didn't want to take up two offerings Say We're going to take up our regular tithes and offerings in just a moment. And we're also going to give anybody who wants an opportunity watching online. You can be totally involved with this. You are here. We feel your faith. We've, we, we've received blessings from you already online. And they're going to put up on the screen ways to give. And if you're giving by the website or by text giving, there's an option called building fund. So where it says general, just click that and a little thing will pop down. You can have it all go toward building fund. But at the same time, we're going to be receiving our general tithes and offerings. So whatever you have designated for general tithes and offerings, just give that like normal. Like I said with Carl and I, we tithe to the church without any designation where we want that tithe to go. Reason being is we want the tithe to continue to be steadfast. We want the tithe to continue to be consistent so the operations of the church don't miss a beat. We don't want everybody uh, getting their checks out and crossing out tithe and saying, oh, I want all my tithe to go to building fund. Then, then, then general account could, 
could suffer. You know what I'm saying? That's where we're at right now. That's just where our faith is right now. We're growing, but we're, we're encouraging you. If you have extra and you want to give, you can mark that as building fund. Anybody excited about this besides the pastor? Um, I remember not, not too long ago, Jeremy, you, you shared an offering. It was really, really, really good. And I was going over my notes about it, and, and we, were, we were talking about, uh, he was sharing some things I had shared previously about it, some things that are a little, you know, uh, you don't hear it in every pulpit, but you were talking about something about what if we had to get the building paid off? What if we had to? Here's one thing I want, okay? I, I, I want to have a building debt-free, so no matter what happens to our economy, no matter what happens against the church, they can't take our building. Yes. Did you hear me say our? Yes. They can't take our building. Amen. I don't want to have to go hat in hand anymore yeah. to somebody I don't even know if they're saved or not. Amen. We're thankful for what we got. We're thankful for the favor. We work with great people. They're wonderful. But I think it's time we have our own. I know from personal experience, testimonies we heard today, my own life and other people, that when we put the things of God first, it like opens up this door for our things to be taken care of supernaturally. You know, the, you know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You can add things to yourself. And usually a lot of baggage comes with that and... Not to satisfy, our God can add things to you. This is an opportunity to put the Lord first. They said in the book of Haggai, God said personally, they said in the book of Haggai, God said, the people say it's not time. It's not time to build a house of the Lord. It's not time. And then the Lord said, y'all need to consider your ways. You're sowing much, you're reaping little. You're earning wages to put it in a bag with holes in it. You're not even getting ahead. He said, I'll tell you why. Because this house lies waste. That's right. But you live in your godly, beautiful houses. He was actually helping them greatly. And they received it. And oh, you talk about the blessings of God coming on their lives. It was amazing. They weren't saying, let's don't do it. They weren't saying, let's don't. They just kept saying, well, it's not time. And God said, well, is it time for you to do all you want to do? In my house, lie waste? This is Haggai, Bible, B-I-B-L-E. Ever heard of it? Anyway, it's a powerful scripture. It's an amazing truth. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.